What do you do when you feel a place at the table hasn't been set for you? You create one. 80s babies, beautiful ladies, this one is for you. Real situations, real conversations, discussed in a way you can relate to. Nothing is off limits. So grab class, make it a girl's night, and join the conversation. This Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Missing Middle, a podcast created with the Exenial woman in mind. I am your host, Letitia Brandon, and joining me today are some of my really good girlfriends, Dr. Essence Johnson, DeAndrea Way, and Vanessa Bowles. Today's conversation will somewhat talk about the fact that as an Exenial woman, heck, as an Exenial, every day we're hustling. So to frame off the conversation, I just want to like set the stage. So 80s babies, right? Over the course of our lifetime, we've experienced a lot. We've gone through a lot of world events, whether it's wars or um, terrorist attacks, the rise of the importance of techno- technology, the, emer- the emergence of social media, the very volatile political climate, natural disasters, we have experienced and seen a lot. And with all of the massive changes that have happened, with all of the global events that have taken place, we have found a way to keep growing, keep thriving, keep surviving. And so the topic of today will be everyday I'm hustling. So we're in the midst of the pandemic, which has caused a great shift in how we think, how we do things, how we see ourselves. And so our guests today, or my co-host today rather, are going to be able to speak to how they've been able to not only sustain throughout this pandemic or everything that 2020 has thrown our way, but it's also, I also want them to be able to show you how they've been able to thrive and continue to evolve. So with that, we're going to dive right into the conversation, and I'll ask that each of my co-hosts, my girlfriends, introduce themselves. And as you introduce yourselves, ladies, please speak to, just give the people one word or one or two words that you would use to describe 2020 and tell us why. So we'll start off with Dr. Johnson. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Essence Johnson, and 2020 is perfectly fitting for a doctor like me because it is what? The year of the optometrist, and that is definitely what I've been embracing from January until now is putting forth good vision and being a visionary type of leader during this time. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Bowles. Yes. Hello, everyone. Vanessa Bowles. I would say for me, this year has been the year of family. Um, It has taught us how to grow. It has taught us who we like, who we don't like in our family. Let's just be honest. Um, But absolutely the year of family and growth for my family, um, just given the pandemic and how our lives have completely changed 180. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree with you with that. Um, I've been saying, shoot, since January, February, or especially like February, March time frame, 2020 has somewhat felt like the year of the reset, right? We had gotten so caught up in the busyness of life. We're in a very technological age where everybody's on a device and, you know, something like major world news would happen. We'll be focused on it for a week and then some celebrity gossip happens or something else happens and we get distracted and we move on to something else. This year, it's almost felt like we've been forced to pause, to sit and to Mm -hmm. be still and go almost back. Almost, It's almost like we're going back to the basics. You know, parents are helping their kids with their homework. Um, People are eating, like families are eating dinner together. You're actually picking up the phone to talk to people because you can't see them or, you know, text just doesn't feel the same where there's a renewed focus on health. And so I 100% agree with you this, this year, um, well, to both of your points, it's been about 2020, the year of focus, but also the year of focusing on what, what matters. So Ms. Wade, could you speak to what, what's that one or two words that you've used to describe 2020 and why? would describe 2020 as the year of innovation. 
Um, we have been able to utilize what we had, um, discover new tools and how to work it all together, whether it's um, maintaining our social balance, our family balance, that refocusing. So basically learning how to retool with the um, different tools that we have. You know, you bring up a really good point and um, there have been some memes floating out on social media that'll say if 2020 hasn't, if this pandemic or this time of quarantine hasn't, you know, you haven't acquired a new skill or launched a business or done something in this time frame, you need to kind of revisit your productivity. That's what the meme says. I'm paraphrasing it. Um, but and to a certain degree, I 100% agree with that. But you know, there's also the emotional wellness component that may, everybody, it doesn't handle like this much change and this much isolation the same. And so I have two questions from coming from that, that approach. The first question that I have for y'all is relative to that innovation and finding these new gifts and talents and almost shifting gears all of us are, well, none of us are junior in our career, right? So, you know, we're very much established in our careers. However, I know that in some cases, you've either shifted gears in terms of the direction or the trajectory that your career is going in, or you've completely ventured out into something new. Would you, could y'all speak to some of the things that you have learned about yourself during this time and how it's helped you in shifting into that next season of your life and we'll start off with you miss way oh my goodness that's a loaded question um what it has taught me professionally is to know what is really valuable to me and who and what is important um working a nine to five is yes fulfilling in some aspects of course we enjoy getting that paycheck every two weeks, but it also has taught me that with it has become a lot of constraints, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, as an author and speaker, I've um, aborted that for the last couple of years because of some personal situations that was going on in my life. And so now I'm thinking about just think, if I had my own business, what I could be doing right now. If I was um, still in that seat, how would those things look right now? So really getting to that point where I want that ingenuity back that I used to have. I want that, I want to become that creative genius again, because I miss being able to inspire people. I miss the um, ability to make people laugh and also um, self-reflect. So mm -hmm. for me, um, it has really, 2020 and this whole pandemic has definitely, I would say, reignited my fire to do what's most important and authentic to who I am. Do you feel like you've almost become more creative in this space? Um, I would say absolutely. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is because um, I'm in transition in my life. I just moved. And so everything is in an uproar right now. But then I had the opportunity to look through some stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. I forgot about this. I was reading um, some things on my hard drive to convert files. And I was like, oh, my God, I wrote that. I'm like, damn, I'm good. And, it's, and if you're a person who is a writer, you're your hardest critic. So for me to look back at something and was like, that's me. It's like, oh, I miss her. She was so mm. awesome. <laughs> and so to get back to that place when I aspire to write the next great American novel or the next uh, feature film is definitely there. And I want to get back to it. You know, I, I'm on the opposite end of that. And I think in part of it, um, a part of the reason why is I last for the last couple of years, I've just been kind of like going, 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 having my hands in multiple projects. And as I mentioned, my word for the year is recent, right? So I've been still, 
and I'm not used to being so still. And so I have, I honestly, in my stillness, have felt the most creative and connected to myself. Like, you know, DeAndre, you've inspired me to, to deeper into some of the other, my other, other business ventures, but I literally tried to find additional ways to release that creative energy that I used to pour into other people, other people's projects, organizations, or into work. And so now I'm able to finally somewhat get myself organized so that I can channel my creativity, channel my energy into the spaces and places where it's most meaningful to me to really reach my purpose. And so Dr. Johnson, I know that this has definitely been one of those time frames for you where you are, have like completely taken on so many different like directions, but still very much intentional. Would you speak to, um, speak, could you speak to that? Like, what have you learned about yourself in this, in this new now, this new normal, and how has it helped to, you know, kind of point you into the direction that you, you feel yourself being led to? Um, I definitely think that this is the year for living your purpose on purpose. Um, just like each of you said, the reset, the refocus, and the connection. And just like that meme, because I posted that meme on my social media page, and I got a lot of flack on how dare you say that if you're not coming out of this pandemic with this or that or the other, that, you know, to, some people took it very negative. Like, that's cool. If you came out of this pandemic and you really just use this time to rest, relax, and reset, we needed that. Um, I had that lull even in my job. When do we ever just get to have uninterrupted time that's not FMLA or not a maternity leave to just sit back and relax? So I definitely appreciated that downtime. Um, it is definitely one of those situations like what was meant to destroy you. Um, you're just coming out stronger. So I'm using this 2020 time to like emerge as the phoenix where other people may have been engulfed in flames in the fire. I am ready to be emerged. Um, like you said before previously, this was my time to get ready. Um, so I don't have to be ready. A lot of people are thinking like this is the end. When we come out of this, whether it's at the end of the year, next year, I am so ready. <laughs> um, it has been such a blessing mm -hmm. in 2020 that you had just that vision and that foresight. Um, exactly like what DeAndre is saying. So many people were telling me like, well, how come you're not doing this? Or don't you think that it's time? And, and that happened towards the end of last year before we even knew there was going to be what we are now living as COVID-19. Um, so I was very, very fortunate to have those sister friends that were always so dear to have to start dropping those little nuggets in my head like, hey, you know, remember you had that dream or, you know, it's time to get back to you essence as the doctor, as the individual that you are, as the professional, you've poured so much into your family and others. Like, what is it that you want? I remember you said way back then um, that you wanted to do that. And I actually had kind of did one of those reflection things. And this is kind of the positive part of social media of seeing where people were like, oh, we see you doing this or, oh, you're that kind of visionary or, Ooh, we can't wait till you're like mentoring the youth. So it is such an overwhelming feeling to really see yourself walking in your purpose, to really see things um, come to pass, um, to hear people really tell you like, why haven't you done it sooner? But I'm realizing like, again, I needed those 10 years to get to this next phase of my life. I, I needed all of that to be what now seems like an overnight celebrity, but that also took 10 years to get to that, you know, quote unquote celebrity status. And I just thank um, just the people around me who sowed those seeds. And I'm probably one of the few rare people. I am so grateful for this time because if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have had that time to focus on myself, to force myself to find something to do in the stillness. Um, I'm like you, it, it's hard to stay still, but it was nice, especially when you're trying to build a job outside of the job that pays the bills to have that time to focus on it. Um, I'm very just grateful of the opportunities that the pandemic has brought because there's a lot of things that if it wasn't for this catalyst of change, for this catalyst of resetting and refocusing, the opportunities that I'm taking advantage of and that are being created for me 
would not have came. And a lot of those opportunities come from um, what is happening on in the world, what is happening in, in regards to just Black people and the treatment of Black people, the need to focus on Black people in our community. So I, I definitely embody the whole, if not me, then who, if not when, you know, when, if not now, then when type of thing. And, yep. and I'm very grateful of this opportunity because what was meant to destroy is the launching pad to so much innovation and inspiration. Um, and it's kind of been a, a very exciting time <laughs> for me. It has, it has. And, and Vanessa, Miss Bowles, um, and I'm starting off formal. We're going to get a little more like Chatty Cathy in a second. But Ms. Bowles, um, you, you kind of led off with saying that this has been like a year of family. So I feel I do want you to be able to kind of expound on, expound on that. And, and what have, how have you seen yourself kind of shifting or, you know, or adjusting the trajectory that your life is going in? Sure. Um, you know, fall of last year, I made a conscious decision to, um, I'm still in human resources, but move out of the functional area of talent acquisition to being an HR generalist. You know, I led a team of 24 people and um, over the past four to five years, I was traveling a lot as well, too. And so I made that conscious decision to say, you know what, I, I am, I'm so tired of leading. I'm so tired of of managing people and 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 almost having to have that responsibility of 24 people plus I have two people at home, right? Yep. That I also feel like I have a lot of responsibility to. So I said I, I need to, I gotta switch this up a little bit. So I had a great opportunity to move into a human resources generalist role, and I wasn't leading anybody. Nobody was under me. I was an individual contributor. My God, I was like, this is the best thing ever. So, you know, my community is good. Like, you know, I could come home. I was less stressed. Joe was like, you know, I think this was a good thing for you. I'm like, yeah, these folks keep trying to get me to lead people. Like, I, let me take a break. So turn around 2020, my company's going through a merger. And we also had an internal consolidation of four businesses to two. March rolls around. I get a telephone call. Hey, um, we want to talk to you, do an exploratory interview for an HR business partner role. Now, I ain't been in this role, but about four months or so. So I know with the business partner role comes leadership again. Which you were trying not to do anymore. <laughs> yes. Y'all taking up my time, my personal time. So I said, well, let's talk about it. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I'm ready for that. And um, I think it was you, Letitia, I was talking to. I had come over there with that, uh, the Mother's Day gift. And I was like, yeah, so something happened. I got a new role. <laughs> I was like, I was not looking for this. I stumbled across it. <laughs> right. I'm leading people again. Um, it's, it's, it's an increase in responsibilities. It's, oh, increase? Um, it's right, but I wasn't expecting all of that. So you were like, Vanessa, we need this. We need people like you, you know, you and your energy and your charisma and your excitement for everybody. And I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, but I, maybe I'm not that one though right now. Like I'm really trying to just do me, right? I want more time for my family. But then the pandemic rolls around and the Lord is like, here you go. You got your family. And you got your increase. Holly, look, girl. Yes, yes, so, yes. you know, <laughs> all of that. So I had to kind of come into the realization that this was made for me. This was what I had to do right now. Um, I am enjoying my role. The increase is a lot of responsibility. I'm learning consistently, um, but we never missed a beat, right? from a family perspective. Joe was here as well. I, I, I told people, I'm the substitute teacher. He's the real teacher. So <laughs> he really helped and just was like on it. Here's Skylar, we need to do this, 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 and this today. Your mom's going to take the special activities like gym and the rest of that. And we worked it out, right? And, and for our family, um, it brings such a closeness 
um, to us. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I like being around my family 100% of the time. And it created a, a situation where it was what we needed. It was what I had asked for. But, you know, it's not in the package that you think it's supposed to be. In. <laughs> but it's the package that you supposed to have. <laughs> so I said, Girl, you, you know what? I right now. <laughs> but I'm like, let me relax in this and, and accept this and and pray about it and learn how to just keep operating in it. And so it, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't the package I expected it in, but but it's here and we're we're working within it and, and it's good. Like my family is we're good. We are really, really good. And it just yeah, I'm getting emotional. I'm trying to hold it in, y'all. You know, but but you know what's so beautiful about what you just said and what all of y'all said because I think the commonality of what each of you have said is it's on your terms. So, DeAndrea, you started off saying, you know, I'm in transition right now. And so, you know, I just bought a new house. I'm, I'm you know, I got things like projects that I want to like relaunch and I'm revisiting my career. Essence, you're like, look, I was able to kind of like go back to the things that I said I wanted to do. And now I'm on a launch, I'm on the runway right now and I'm about to take off. Vanessa, you're like, I've been. I've been the boss before, and now I want to, you know, I, I want to focus on my family. I worry, I like, I want to like lead, but I want to lead on my terms. And it's so dope to hear you like owning your career. And so often we, and this is especially true for Black women, so often we leave it up to somebody else. Mm -hmm. to uh -huh. But like, what our path is gonna be, or how society tells us we're supposed to be, you know? And so to hear you sisters, like, just really speak to the reality of what it can look like when you live on purpose. That's my Insta handle, by the way. When you live your life on purpose and right. when you are able to, like, when you are so in tune with who you are and what you need, what you want at the time that you want it and you go after it, I think that is absolutely beautiful and amazing and it's a message that like the generations that come after us need to hear because school don't teach you that right. school teaches you a lot of things and it's wonderful what you get especially in college or in any vocational school but the the real real you learn through mentorship mm -hmm. and you learn through connecting with other women and so i am so grateful that y'all were able to share kind of how you forged out your journey to get to where you are and really own that, you know what I'm saying? Like to really, really own it. And um, along along the same vein, you know, being in this space is obvious, like being in a space where you are, you're not necessarily fluid because you're very intentional in where you're going, but why do you think it's so important, one, to stay very connected to what you, what really matters, but why do you think that it's so important to continue to evolve and be the best version of yourself, whether it's professionally or, you know, within your, within your relationships, whether it's, you know, your, your family, your marriage, your partnerships, whatever the case may be. Why do you think it's so important that as you stay anchored and centered within yourself, you still continue to evolve and never really get complacent? And, and anybody can pick that up first. Well, I, I guess I'll start where I think what's most important is as women, especially Black women, we have a tendency to maintain commitments to everyone except ourselves. Yes. We um, have a tendency to say what I like to say, we're the supporting cast in our own lives instead of being the greatest lady in our lives. And what that looks like is when you understand what's important to you and being able to focus on that, then what happens is you become mendable, but not distracted. Because mm. we think of distraction, we think about the negative things. We don't think about those detours. We don't think about the things that, oh, well, here's a great opportunity, but you know what? This opportunity is taking you this direction. Your goal is to go that direction. And I think as you begin to evolve, it's becoming, it's knowing 
you know, what I call my needs, my wants, and my deal breakers. And at this point in my life, I'm not afraid to say no. Oh, the gift of no. <laughs> and you say it was just no, a period. Not no because, right, not no because or no why or here's here's an alternative. And I think about how many times I've said yes to things and I've given out of my own scarcity just because I felt that that was my need. So when I think about this um, whole evolution is welcoming in to who I am. We see every year, um, you know, it always boggles me when people are like, new year, new me. No, it should be um, new year, be you. You know, there's no need right. to re keep reinventing yourself. Just be yourself. Be. Well, I'm about to pass a collection plate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, if you can continue on your path, you know, um, the last dance with Michael Jordan, you have to watch that. Like people think, well, I'm not a basketball fan. It is probably the best um, footage on leadership I've ever seen. He yes. woke up every day with one thing in mind, and that was to be the best basketball player. So everything he did stemmed up to or pointed up to that one thing. So as we say, I want to be the best DeAndrea or Letitia or Essence or Vanessa um, every day. Be intentional about how every decision you make is going to make that happen. Oh, oh, I mean, that, that was <laughs> I got some on the building fund, on the church building fund. I got you some know. on the <laughs> me at dollar sign, DeAndrea. <laughs> Intentionality is so essential. You know, uh, th there were so many, so many nuggets in that. Um, I'm going to pull out one and then I see Essence is like, she like ready to pop. I'm going to flip it over to you in one second, Essence. Um, the, one of the nuggets I'm going to put one, just one, I'm going to pull out of that is the gift of no. Mm -hmm. And that being enough. Not, not an explanation behind it because candidly, your time, like my pastor um, said something a few years ago that I still keep like in the back of my head, time is a precious commodity that we cannot afford. And so I value every second. And so when any situation comes up that is not aligned with the per my purpose, which I am so clear as to what that is now, I'm like, nope not doing it, not tolerating it. I have no space for toxicity. I have no space for negativity. I have no space for distractions. Like so focused on like living on purpose, walking in my purpose, loving on purpose that no is enough when it does not align with one of those three things. So DeAndre, like Vanessa said, like you just let me know you know, building fun, collection plate. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And don't feel guilty about it. Do not feel guilty about it. And that is, I know, I'm going to just tell y'all, I am probably the most giving person you could ever meet, ever in life. I promise you. I was that type of person. If you needed some money and I didn't have it, I would go borrow it for you, give it to you. You don't pay me back, but I still paid that other person mm -hmm. back. And I would find myself in situations where I'm like, you know what? I should have just said no. So now I'd be like, no, that won't work for me. Well, why? It's just not. Ooh, so, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, now see, I had my questions like mapped out and everything, but now like the spirit is leading me in a different way. <laughs> because you 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 just you just oh girl, you said so okay. So <laughs> how did you get to that place? How did you get to that place where, you know, one, first and foremost, women by nature, we are nurturers, right? Um as you as y'all all said earlier, we tend to give to more, give more to externally than we do 
to within. How did you get to that place where you valued yourself enough? And not that you didn't value yourself before, but now you see yourself and what you have to offer differently. How did you get to that place now where you're like, I will still give and love and sow and serve, but there is a boundary. How did you get to that place of establishing boundaries so that you won't continue to be depleted and then forced to lead while you're bleeding and, you know, kind of lick your own wounds while you're still sowing and serving for somebody else? How did y'all get to that place? Because all of you have somewhat spoke to it. So how did you get to that place? Um, For me, it's the craziest thing. Um, they thought I had breast cancer. And um, so I'm going in and, you know, I've had the mammogram. Now they're doing, they've done the ultrasound. Now they're taking the biopsy. And at the time I was in the um, position where I'm transitioning jobs. Um, I had no blood relatives in the state of Texas. Um, I had only lived in Texas probably about a year, so I didn't even have any sister friends at this point. And I said, God, I could either deal with cancer or I could deal with the people who I have to deal with, with me having cancer. I can't do both. So what I'm going to get you to do (laughs) is you can pick one. I don't care which one you pick. And what during that time, what he showed me is it's okay for you to be selfish. And for the first time in my life, I had to be selfish because immediately I started thinking about how am I going to go to the doctor? What if I need this? You know, I thought about my children. You know, I thought it was the hardest thing for me to have to tell my oldest son, you know, hey, I'm going in for testing. 24 hours later, he was looking for a job in Texas. And I was like, oh, God, no. See, just what I was talking about, Jesus, take take the wheel. <laughs> but for the first time, I had to do what was best for me because I, I was all that I could depend on in that moment. And not that my mom wasn't going to be there, my grandma, my aunt, um, not to say nobody wouldn't be there. But in that moment, I had to take care of me. And I lost friends. I had a relative quit talking to me because I should have told her, I should have done this. I didn't think about her. And I said, did you think about me? Did you think about how it is that I'm 40 years old and and I could potentially have breast cancer and I'm alone? So at that point, at that moment, that's when I said, you know what? I'm a priority in my life. And if you don't like it, and as a result, I lost some friends. Wow. So. Vanessa, Essence, how did, how did y'all get to that place where you reprioritized, like made yourself a priority and set up those boundaries so that you can be that woman that you were destined to be? And either one of y'all can kind of tee it off. Um. <laughs> I think for me, it was uh, around the time where I was uh, making the decision to join the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And gross word incorporated. Look, sorry, y'all. Um, so it was around that time. Um, And I knew that being a part of a sorority was something that I would always do, right? Um, I enjoy helping the community. I enjoy, you know, close friends, close relationships, um, community service, being being more, right? Being of a help, um, humbling myself and the things that I have to be able to give to others. Like that, that was just, it was, that's just in me, right, to do. And around that time, it was so much going on work-wise. My marriage, you know, we were in a we were in a, a, a moment there. And, you know, I didn't know where we were gonna be or what it was going to be. And all I knew was is that I am always doing for everybody else. And when is it my time? Like 
that question was just in my head. It was burning my soul. When is it my time? When do I get to do something for me? That's just mine. And I just said, forget it. Listen, Lord, if this marriage don't work out, it just don't matter. It don't work out. Like we are good people. We can co-parent. We've always been friends. Like that's just about to happen. And then I look at my daughter and I'm like, I need to be more for her. I want more for her. I want her to see what it is to be humble, what it is to help others, what it is to be a part of your community and and be doing something for it. Kids nowadays, we spoil them a whole bunch. They get everything they want. And we have to be purposeful about what we're teaching them, right? What's important. This child doesn't know the meaning of money. She thinks it grows on trees. You know, she thinks she needs, for every tooth that comes out, she needs another $5 added on to that. Mommy, my second tooth. So that means I get $10. Girl, what's A shiny coin. coin. Not dollars. She's a quarter. (laughs) She's serious. So. A coin. (laughs) Right? So I was like, I, I, I needed something for myself. And I said, I don't care what happens. This is something that I'm doing. And this is something that I'm doing for myself. And I did my due diligence. I talked to you, Letitia. I talked to Nicole, um, even at work and, 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 and sores that I had known over the last 10 years, because I have known sores over the last 10 years. And I'm like, listen, I, I I am ready now, you know. Um, I, I will tell you that the, the sisterhood, we're so subtle in how we talk to people about being a part of it. But that was something for me that I said, I don't care what else is happening in my life. And Lord, like you need to understand, like this is something I'm about to do, whether you want me to or not. Like I, I'm not going to be sitting in my closet in prayer over this. Like I've decided. So I need you to come along with me (laughs) type of a thing. And, um, and, and it happened for me, but I will say it was at that moment. I had a lot going on during that process. I did. And I think I've shared with you, Letitia, I've shared with you essence, of course, um, just where my life was at that time. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like this was something I needed for me. And Mm. I think it was at that moment where I'm like, yeah, I don't care what happens around me. Um, but like Andrea said, we are always doing for someone else. We forget about ourselves. That's why you hear women all the time talking about, I, I feel like I'm losing myself, my sense of who I am, you know, and, and you've got to, there's typically a defining moment in there, which is, is created for you that, that sparks something in you to say, yeah, no, I think I'm going to change that up and I'm going to do what I want to do. And you don't mm-hmm. care. That's you real. That's real. Yourself, everything else fell into place. Yes, absolutely. That part. Absolutely. Say, say that again, DeAndre. When she was true to herself, everything around her fell into place. It didn't mm-hmm. fall apart. Yep. That would be a tweetable moment, by the way. <laughs> I think definitely going along DeAndrea's vein for me. Um, definitely after baby number two is when I I, I just couldn't anymore. It, when you have to deal with like postpartum depression and when you finally realize kind of what that looks like and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm that diagnosis. I can check all of those boxes. Um, sometimes you feel crazy, you feel alone, you feel isolated. Um, but then when you kind of get out of that and and talk to a few people, talk to fellow mothers, talk to fellow professionals and kind of understand what is going on. I think a lot of times things are very subtle and hidden in every aspect in the black community. So it isn't until you start sharing, then people are like, oh no, that happened to me. Or, oh no, this is what's going on. And then you're kind of like, oh, and, and then you do stumble upon those really open and transparent people that take you on the journey and, and they're there to support you. So really what I live by now, that's what I was looking for. And what I want to change all of every time I go on PTO, I just want to post on there that she believed she could and she did, but she was tired. Ooh. And so she rested and everything was okay. And that's what I live <laughs> by now. Cause I think sometimes you fear like if I'm not the one doing it, and, I, and I'll mm-hmm. say this about myself, and I saw some other things in social media. What I've learned about myself, especially during this time, I'm a fixer, but not a saver. I do like to fix things, 
And, and some people think that that's a negative trait, but like you said, as a woman, a type A, a professional, I'm all about solutions. And, and that's just the way I go. And sometimes you feel like people can't solve things the way you do. So you go ahead and do it. But I had to learn in my marriage, at work with the kids that if it's not done the way that I want it to do, it's going to be all right. If they want to eat popcorn and, you know, chicken nuggets, I'm still a good mother. You know, if I want to take the time out and hang out with my sororers, they'll be all right. You know, if I want to get out from work and, and, and just say, I can't, everything will be okay. And I think I had to trust and believe that, you know, just because you take a break from something, you don't love that thing or that person any less. They don't love you or any less. I think sometimes especially me, you feel guilty when I have to be like, honey, go pick up the kids. But these are his kids. And like, he'll be okay, even when he's huffing and puffing, like, he's to love me till death. <laughs> so this ain't gonna kill him. So I have to learn and trust, like, he's still gonna love me, even if there's some back and forth, or there's like, oh, no, it's an inconvenience. But when do we get to take that time for ourselves? I, I, I ask that all the time. My husband has so much free time, it looks like. And I'm like, where's my free time? And he's like, well, you're choosing to use your free time. That's not what I wanted to use my free time. So the only free time I get is when I'm sleeping or on the toilet. That's the only free time <laughs> you get. And I have to. You don't get it on the toilet. I don't. <laughs> well, I'm saying, you barely get that. <laughs> so this is when you stay at work a little longer. And they're like, why are you working so late? Because this is the only peaceful place. <laughs> For me, but I had to change that narrative and reclaim that for me. And and like you guys said, not let someone else, even if it is your kids, your husband, your friends, define that for you. So I had to be okay mm -hmm. with reclaiming my time, okay. <laughs> repurposing my time, <laughs> utilizing <laughs> it to my benefit, and just trusting and believing like it's going to be okay. And I think some of that thinking yes. that they're not going to be okay is the fixer in me. Like, oh no, if I if I don't, you know, make that pack of oatmeal. The whole world's going to fall apart, but it's not. They'll survive. If they miss a meal, they may be all right, or they'll fend for themselves, you know? So I, as some of that is, you know, self-inflicted. So I had to give myself the grace. And, and if just, they have Cheetos for breakfast, they won't die. I promise. Sometimes it is a fruit snack to... in a juice box <laughs> type of morning. <laughs> Seriously. I used to tell people all the time, Listen, when I go on my work trips, if I came home and the bathroom was a mess with clothes for like, if I was gone for three or four days and all of her clothes are on the floor, she took a shower. I know she did. She took a bath, right? And if I, I get home and the kitchen is a just a funky mess, they ate. And then if the bed ain't made up and it's all, it's the sheets are off the bed and the, the covers are all jacked, they slept. Like, so you got the essentials, eat, sleep, and and. You're good, right? A shower. So I'm like, he has it. And like, it is perspective. And like you said, Essence, if it's not the way that I would do it, it's okay because they are totally okay. I talk to them every night and they're fine. I get home, the house is ridiculous, but they were fine. So yeah, you do, you do have to get to that point. Oh, y'all. I have to say, like, I, Whenever we get together, we could talk forever. I, obviously, we could do that. But I, as as we prepare to close out this this particular episode of of the podcast, um, I wanted to first and foremost just say thank you for your transparency and just for being you. You know, I think each of you are one of the most beautiful examples of a woman who has come into her own. And she is paving a path, not only for herself, but for people coming behind her. So thank you. Thank you so much for your transparency. I can't wait to transcribe the this episode because I'm going to go back and I always take notes and listen a couple times afterwards. Um, and just there were so many nuggets, whether it was I'm a fixer and not a saver to just so many, so many nuggets. And so I, I really just want to say thank you for being so authentically you. So thank you for that. So as we as we close out, um, I do want to give you a chance to say what can people expect from you in this you know, in, in 2020, as since you mentioned, as the optometrist, 2020, the year of vision. Um, I remember at watch night, our, 
uh, church service for New Year's, my pastor said, not only is it a new year, but it's a new decade. So I didn't think 2020 was going to start off like it did, but it's definitely refocusing my vision, recalibrating my lenses. What would you say people can look forward to or just kind of a sneak peek? Because I don't believe in telling it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But what can people look forward to coming from you, the fruit of your labor, your creative vision, your the beauty of who you are. And we can start off, any of you can start off to say, what can we look forward to happening in the near future for you? Um, I think what has, like you said, it just us coming together, um, hearing from other things, what the Lord has put on our heart. The constant message this week is about being big, dreaming big, and knowing that you are, you may seem bigger than other people, but for you, you're just the right size. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. There are big dreams and big vision. And I thought I had big dreams and vision, but I am seeing that I am not even dreaming big enough. So there is going to be big things <laughs> and big visions coming this way <laughs> from this doctor. <laughs> okay. Okay, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Like, what would you parting words and what would you say people can look forward to coming from from you to be honest with you um it's gonna be a little bit of selfishness i'm not <laughs> all right real you know um i am so enjoying this moment with my family i'm so enjoying this moment in my marriage like it feels like we are deeper friends than what we were before we communicate so much better. So friends, family, sorors, if I'm just a teensy bit more selfish, just know that it is because I'm trying to continue to grow for my family, whereas they've always been important for me. But at this point in this stage in my life, like I've got to really be that example for my daughter. I have to be here for my husband and our growth and what we're trying to do. And and I am just relishing in this moment because it's just, it feels so good. And I I don't think I've ever been in this place where I feel like life is just good. Doesn't mean bad stuff ain't going to happen because it does, but the bigger piece of it is, is that I feel good. We feel good together. So I honestly, it's going to be a little selfishness. And, and like DeAndre, too, my sister girl said, it's okay to be selfish. So I'm not apologize for it. No, period. <laughs> I like that. Right. <laughs> somebody give you slack about it. I got you, girl, because I know you listen to NWA, child. I know. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, old school gangster rap is, is where it's, it's at. Listen, Mr. Cole was my boy. I had all of his CDs. What? Here I go. Wait, sidebar, oh. have y'all been watching the No Limit Chronicles? Yes. Yo. I feel like I'm Master living. P- Master P is, I, I feel bad. Master P, if you listen, hopefully you listen one day. Man, if I just want one hour of mentorship, bro. One hour. His, just his one. thought process. Just one hour. Just one hour to go. I just need to go to the table. So, yes. man. Like, yes. If y'all have not watched the No Limit Chronicles, I think they're in episode three now. It's a five-part docuseries. That brother is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm not going to give it away. And I I mean, that's like a whole... I'm going to dissect that and probably write a white paper on it or something. Because it that is such a lesson on visionary entrepreneurship and how to like how to really find the inner mogul. But that's that's just... Ooh. That is... Yeah. Yeah, DeAndrea, <laughs> parting word, and what can we look forward to um, in the near future coming from the creative brilliance of DeAndrea Wade? Well, um, first and foremost, the um, subject of this segment was every day we hustling. And if you really think about a hustler, a hustler is focused they're they're um, driven, 
They um, have their level of ingenuity. So as we move through our lives, remember to be focused. You know, you never see a drug dealer standing on the corner and somebody say, hey, why don't you, you know, hustle these cars? And they'd be like, okay. No, they like, man, this is my corner. This is what I'm doing. I'm not condoning drug addicts. And you know, that was a very, um, that was a very hood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. I felt that though. I felt that. But I, I mean, you know, I got what you were saying. But you know, um, hey, you hey. know. Well, I could give a very textbook answer. No, no. She said, "Be your own." We got it. But that's the other thing. Very pharmacist. I wasn't expecting that. You know that's a hustler. Okay, let me say it a different way. The master. <laughs> I mean, wait, he was wait, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so what I will say is be confident in who you are and what you can expect from the DeAndrea brand is the launch of confidence is key and everything that goes with it because confidence is the key of who we are is the foundation of success in every aspect of love, life, and careers. Um, if you're confident in who you are, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish. So whether you're Master P or Michael Jordan or that street pharmacist that's standing over in the corner um, in the hood. Damn. <laughs> Be confident. If you're a stay-at-home mom, if you decide to be a stay-at-home wife, no matter what you you aspire to do, be confident in that. Thank you. Um, thank you for keeping it real. Okay. Um, my, I don't know, if my mom is listening, I know you're going to listen. I don't know what happened just then. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but seriously, thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for your, um, again, for your transparency, your, just for being you and for those parting words. For you that are listening today, thank you. Thank you for continuing to be a part of the conversation. What you can expect coming from Letitia, also known as Brand On, is a um, expanding my brand, whether it's the consulting services or just leveraging the gifts that are within. What I am intentional about doing now is no matter what the economic climate may be, no matter what the job market may be, I will always be able to create opportunities for myself because of the gifts that God has given me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies, for your humor, <laughs> candor, vulnerability, and of course, your relatability. Each of you are definitely three phenomenal influential women on the move. And to those of you streaming in today, thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you found it to be relatable. Whether you were answering questions along with us or if it sparked conversation amongst your friends, we hope you realize and you feel like this is a space for you. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where we're going to dive in a little deeper. Again, real situations, real conversations discussed in a way that you can relate to. Nothing, and I do mean nothing, is off the table. This is The Missing Middle.